Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro, and yes, it is finally here. The Eagles back on the practice field. Training camp has begun, and the Eagles with extremely high hopes, expectations, enthusiasm, and a whole lot of talent on the field. It's very obvious for everyone to see. We hope everybody had a great summer, and now it is time to turn our attention fully to the Philadelphia Eagles 2022. After a tremendous offseason, the Eagles lining it up for training camp, and now they begin a very long period of time to get ready for that September 11th opener against the Detroit Lions. The Eagles, of course, here are going to go through two weeks of practice against each other, and then there'll be a couple of days of practice in Cleveland, Ohio, against the Browns before that preseason game, and then... Eagles come back for one day and go straight to Miami for a couple of days of joint practices with the Dolphins ahead of the August 27th preseason finale against the Dolphins. The first preseason game comes on August 12th. Before that, there is an open practice, and we would love to see you all there. 7 o'clock on August 7th, that's a Sunday night, one week from Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, The cost of your ticket goes directly to the Eagles Autism Foundation. It'll be your first chance to see what is really an exciting, exciting team. A.J. Brown, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury, Kaiser White. Keep it going. Jaquaski Tart. All of these new players, you get to see them in person at the Eagles. Open to the public practice. That is on uh, August 7th, and that is at 7 o'clock. Go to PhiladelphiaEagles.com for more information. Let's fill up the link for a practice. We're talking practice here. So we welcome you to our first of the season Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. We're going to visit with Kaiser White. Last time we talked to him was the day he became a Philadelphia Eagle, formerly a member of the Chargers, led the Chargers last year in tackles. And now he's back home with his mama. We're going to talk about that with Kaiser. First, we're going to start with Howie Roseman, Eagles general manager, who held a press conference along with Nick Sirianni to open training camp on Wednesday. After that practice, I had a chance to talk to Howie about some other things just to kind of get the message out. I, I always try to ask the questions that I think that you want to hear. So let's do it one-on-one with Eagles general manager, Howie Roseman. A roster last year versus where you are now. What do you think you've accomplished? I think we've increased the competition level on our team. I think we've in- increased the amount of playmakers that we have on our team on both sides of the ball, offense and defensively. And when we talk about playmakers, not only are we talking about the skill positions on offense, but we're talking about guys who can get us the ball back. You know, when we James Bradbury, guys who can close on the quarterback. We talk about adding a guy like Reddick, you know, just to name a couple of guys, um, which I, which is exciting as we start. But you know, Dave, we got a long way to go. We got a long camp. Um, we got preseason schedule, and so we'll just keep evaluating and and keep trying to improve the roster if we have opportunities to do so. I guess what's interesting is, and I know how you've always built the roster, and it's always you've got a blueprint, you've got all the scenarios that you can imagine. Did it, how close did this did, did this off season come to the blueprint? Well, when you look at it, kind of talking about a blueprint and a plan that you lay out, you know, things also always come up. And you don't want to be so stubborn about, hey, we have to get this, that you miss opportunities. You know, and whether that's, um, you know, getting AJ or getting Bradbury after the draft. And so um, I, I would hope that 
we're also consistently trying to stay flexible. But, you know, what I'm proud about our staff is, you know, when we really go back and look at the situation we were in um, a year and a half ago and the number of assets we have and, um, you know, kind of how we've kind of turned those, but also keeping the door open with those assets. I think that's what's exciting for me and, and hopefully for our fans. At a time when you did lose some key people, so you really kind of had a, a, a group effort here in a changing with, with the door changing a bit, with, with the personnel changing a lot. Yeah, and we had some experience with that um, a couple years ago as well and seeing some guys on the fly and kind of not having the opportunity to, to do it all before the draft. And I thought we had a great offseason when we did that again in 16. And so um, I think what it does is it really helps you focus and, and make sure that you're really focusing on the guys. You're not chasing as many ghosts because you don't have as much manpower. And I'm so proud of our group and, and really proud of the guys uh, that we had and proud of the guys that, that are also here, you know, excited for their opportunity. Not that you're looking ahead, because I know your message is right now, this day by day. But for fans who wonder about the, the future assets, Howie, how, how do you feel about how, how do you describe your future war chest of assets to the fans? It, it gives us flexibility. And I, I think when you don't have resources, whether it's draft picks, whether it's cap room, you don't have the flexibility to be in every discussion. And um, I think for us, we always want to have the, the ability to have conversations and, and be in discussions when good players become available, whether that's in the draft and free agency. And so that's what allows you to do. It allows you to make sure that if there's an opportunity to improve the team, whether for picks or for money, that you have the flexibility to do that. If you may not tell me this, but I wonder, when you go get a guy like Bradbury, how do you do it? How, what, like, is there a sales pitch? Is there What's the conversation like? How do you get somebody who's coveted by so many teams to come to Philadelphia. I'll tell you anything, Dave, just probably n- nothing on the record. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, I, th- I think when you're talking about free agency as a whole and you're talking about um, competing with 31 other teams and maybe some teams are paying more money, some teams are providing a different opportunity, you, you're constantly recruiting. And you're recruiting and talking about the assets that you have, whether it's ownership, whether it's coaching staff, whether it's facility. And certainly it's about the city, you know, and if you want to play a high level of football and you want to be surrounded by people who love the game of football and are going to support you, you want to come to Philly. And so um, for us, we're constantly we're taking nothing for granted and we're constantly recruiting. And um, I think that's a big part of why we've been successful getting free agents to come to Philly because of what we can sell. What is your job like now moving forward for the rest of the season? You're constantly trying to evaluate. You know, you don't want to have any preconceived notions about what it's going to look like until it kind of plays out. You know, that's what you coach preaches to the players, that there's going to be competition and our eyes are going to allow us to put the best players on the field. And so you want to be open to whoever that is, wherever they came from, um, not just based on draft side and not just based on how much money they make. And so, you know, obviously um, for us, we got a long way to go before the first season. You want to stay healthy, but you want to have competition. You want to get prepared for the season. Um, You want them to build up that callus, both as a team, on the field and off the field, so that when we get into some adversity, they can pull on that. Fans say, hey, we've got to find the best 53. In your mind, Howie, you've got 53, you've got a practice squad. Like, How many players do you want to have a bank of generally? Is it like 80 players, emergency, including an emergency list? Is that even possible? You know, we have this ideal situation where every one of our 90 guys um, is roster caliber. Every one of our 53 guys is starting caliber. And now that's kind of how we're trying to find um, and define kind of our roster. Now, that doesn't always happen, of course, but that's kind of the standard. And I think that, you know, to say that certain players are, are fighting for jobs on the team, it's not accurate. I mean, you're really talking about, you know, a large percentage of the guys who are 
who you brought on this team and you know are going to be on this team. And so it's really distinguishing those other guys. And I think the worst nightmare is that um, you let a player go who has tremendous success somewhere else. And we haven't been perfect on that. So you're really trying to make sure you know your players better than anyone else. So on cutdown day, even though you may want to get guys back on the practice squad, you feel like you for sure got the best 53 guys. Take this the right way, but I think you're probably one of the grizzled veterans, general managers in the league, the way it, the league has come and gone, right? So, I mean, it's changed a lot in the summer. Mm-hmm. Joint practices are very important. How do you feel about joint practices and, and how they impact your ability to determine your best 53? Yeah, I think when you're evaluating your team and you're seeing the same guys do one-on-ones for, you know, three, four weeks, you kind of feel like they know each other. And so it allows you to really evaluate where your team is, where individual players are. I really like it, uh, especially practicing against the teams that we've chosen to pick, you know, guys who, you know, practice the same way that we have. And, you know, Dave, I I remember when I got this job, I I think I was the youngest GM in the NFL, and I, I remember saying to you, you know, I hope one day to be the oldest, and, and so that's the goal, and uh, I think the most important thing is we put good teams together and we make our city proud with the quality of players and people we bring to Philadelphia. Last one, Howie. Um, the, I know you put so much effort, effort into the post-draft class. How much are you looking forward to that group? What are your kind of early thoughts on them? Yeah, a little disappointed uh, with a guy like Noel Ellis who um, you know got hurt here in the offseason and won't have an opportunity to play for us uh, this year, but now, when I look at our undrafted group, you're always looking for a couple of guys to really step out. I feel like in our best teams, um, we've always had undrafted free agents who've had a chance to make that. So they got to earn it. Um, but we're evaluating those guys like their draft picks, especially because we probably planned on having a little more draft picks this year. It didn't work out you know, with AJ and trading up for Jordan. So we're treating those guys like draft picks, and that's how we're evaluating them. Thanks, Howie. Thanks, Dave. Kaiser White joined the Eagles as an unrestricted free agent. Kind of slipped through the cracks there. Uh, initially, that first wave of signings came and went. White remained available. The Eagles signing him to a one-year deal, and they get themselves a really good player. He led the Chargers in tackles last year. He beat out some really highly acclaimed players, including former first-round pick Kenneth Murray. And um, he is around the football, a speed linebacker. Should fit in very nicely here. How it will all work with... Nicobe Dean there, with Davion Taylor there, with White there, remains to be seen. That's why we've got training camp. That's why we've got a three-game preseason. That's why there are joint practices in Cleveland and in Miami. Anyway, wanted to reach out to White. Hadn't spoken to him for a while and see how things were going with one of the newest Eagles. Part of a just a slam-bang offseason. Here we go, exclusively one-on-one linebacker Kaiser White. Kaiser, I, I haven't talked to you since the day you came to Philadelphia and signed. Um, you were all smiles that day. Totally, you brought your family. You were totally psyched. Are you still smiling? Is, is it, does it feel like the right decision? Does it feel great? Oh yeah, of course, man. It's a dream come true. You know, right in my backyard. Uh, I can't complain. I'm just uh, truly blessed to be here, man. So just want to um, seize the opportunity and take full advantage. So I think for fans, you know, they, they wonder, how, how do you kind of get comfortable in a new environment? What what has it been like for you to get to know the guys, get to know the defense, get reacquainted with the area? What, what's it been like? Oh, yeah, man, it's been it's been fun. You know, um, like you said, uh, got to get uh, acquainted with the guys. Um, you know, it's been all love since the day I stepped foot in the door. The guys are great. Um, the coaching staff is great. Um, you know, just getting accustomed to the playbook. 
and um, getting out getting out of my head with the scheme that I just came from. Um, and, you know, just, just playing football, man. I've been doing this for some time now. So, you know, it's just football at the end of the day. You can't overthink too much. You just got to go out there and uh, make plays. When you talk about scheme, is it is it like the language? Uh, is it the checks? I mean, is it the or is it straight up kind of X's and O's, knowing where to be? Just you know, locking in on a playbook and uh, you know, just just mastering my craft and uh, knowing what's going on in every uh, single play and uh, limiting you know mental mistakes. And I think I'll be fine. Um, let's go back to the day you signed and and, and become a Philadelphia Eagle. Kind of what happened after that day? What, like, you know, did you did you find a place to live? Did you are you living in an apartment? Like, what from a lifestyle standpoint? What what happened after that day when you actually became a Philadelphia Eagle? Oh well, right now I'm still I'm still in my mom's uh, house up in uh, PA, up in um, you know the Allentown area or Field area. So I, I was just uh, commuting all OTAs. Um, until I can find a spot, I'm still actually looking for a spot as we speak. But you know, before the season kicks off. I should be in the spot and, uh, you know, good to go. Wait a minute. You're, you're living with, with your mom. Uh, so you, we got to have some fun here. Are you like in your old bedroom? Is she making breakfast for you? Do you feel like you're 15 years old? What's, what's it like? <laughs> nah, man, it's just, you know, I, I couldn't find a spot uh, fast enough and I didn't want to just rush and get anything. So, you know, they have more than enough room up there. So, you know, I had to let them know, look, I'm going to be staying here for, you know, a few months until I, I get them out own spot um but yeah man they love having me there so it, it works out for everybody it, it must be great being with your mom with your family in your neighborhood as a professional football player like you you this is you haven't been able to do that for a long long time be back yeah, home it has been a while man so you know i still get a good home cooked meal you know so it feels like the old days for sure what is it like coming back home because you're um from the sense of, you know, all of your friends now get to reach out and touch you and want a piece of you. And is it, is it pressure? Is it, do you have to kind of tell people, Hey, this is my job. This is not a game here. Like I'm, I, I got to focus on my, on my, on my craft. Yeah. No, I don't think there's no pressure. Cause I, I got a good group, uh, group of uh, friends and a, a great group of, uh, you know, my close knit family who's always around me and keeps me grounded. So, I know the task at hand, and I know what I got to do, so I'm always limit uh, distractions and just, um, you know, focus on the task at hand and, you know, just eliminate all distractions. What do you see this defense doing for you? How do you see your skills fitting into what, what Jonathan wants to do defensively? Um, I love the uh, defense um, that JG has, you know, um, I feel like I'm going to fit in uh, perfectly. I feel like I can make a lot of plays in this defense, especially with the with the front in front of me. You know, the defensive line, uh, I feel like it's one of the best in um, football. So I feel like they're just going to make my job easier. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. A linebacker must be pretty excited when you see that the first-round draft pick is a 360-pound defensive tackle added to a group that includes Fletch, and and Javon and Milton, et cetera, uh, that seems like you're kind of going, man, maybe I'm going to have a chance to run a little bit free here this year. Yeah, for sure, man. Those guys are great up front, and it's just going to make my uh, job uh, ten times easier. So I'm definitely excited and looking forward to it.
I know you come in here understanding that nothing's going to be handed to you. How do you see your situation uh, with Nicobe's there, Davion's there, a good group of linebackers around you? How do you see things and, you know, the opportunity that you have in front of you from an individual standpoint? Oh, yeah, I definitely never want uh, anything handed to me. You know, I always work for everything I have in my life. You know, I was in a similar situation last year with, you know, uh, Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray, a first-round draft pick. You know, what I do is, man, I just focus on myself, and uh, I compete with myself every day and let the chips, you know, fall where they fall, you know, and just control what I can. If I do that, I feel like I put my best foot forward. You know, I feel like I, I like the results. Training camp isn't the way it used to be. Defensive players really don't have a chance to hit, I guess, until, you know, bring anybody to the ground, maybe until the joint practices or even the preseason games. What does that do for you? How do you how do you feel about that? How do you get in hitting shape, if you will? Um, you know, it's just being a true professional, you know, with uh taking your craft serious, it's, it's still uh playing in great uh, you know, power positions, still simulating, you know, a finishing tackle without actually doing it, you know, um, it's just, you know, really honing in on your technique that way when it's time to really tackle, you know, it won't feel, you know, like rocket science, you know, you don't, you don't uh, master the technique and you don't went through the steps and emotions of, of uh, forming the tackle. So it should be easy, you know? Last one for you. Um, how, how would you describe the, the mood, like just the daily kind of, atmosphere around Novacare. I know Nick really tries to keep it upbeat and very collegiate if you, you know, in a lot of ways, a lot of competition, a lot of fun stuff. What's it been like for you in a, in a new environment? Oh yeah, man. The energy is great. Like you said, uh, Coach Seriani does a great job with, uh, you know, with him being a leader, you know, he always brings the energy every day. And I just think the guys uh, feed off of that. Uh, it's always real upbeat and, you know, there's a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. Um, I think everybody's just excited uh, for what's to come. Kazir, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Have a great camp. Thank you, my God. I appreciate it. And it is time for this episode's extra point. And the point here is the fans and how much you mean to the players and the team. And when you reach out and connect with the players, what it means. When the Eagles traded for wide receiver A.J. Brown on night one of the 2022 NFL Draft, I mean, we were all just so excited. Why not? The Eagles acquiring a Pro Bowl wide receiver and then signing him to a contract that keeps him in Philadelphia through 2026. He's strong. He's physical. He creates contact after the catch. He appears to be the perfect complement to Devontae Smith and to what the Eagles are doing in this passing game. And what's really cool is that he has felt all of your love. He has felt all of your passion. Here's what Brown had to say earlier in the week when asked about the reaction from the fans and what it's meant to him. You know, uh, ever since I've been here in Philly, uh, the city's been showing me love, and, you know, I appreciate it wholeheartedly. And now it's my job to go do what I do, have fun, and, and play some football. So what it meant to Brown was that the other day he stopped by the Eagles Pro Shop at Lincoln Financial Field and saw some fans in there, wanted to see his jersey hanging, saw his jersey hanging, and bought the fans in attendance his jersey. How cool is that? Here is what Brown had to say about that experience, that one-on-one touch point 
with Eagles fans. Like I said, ever since I've been here, they've been showing me love, man. If I go somewhere, they're showing me love. And, you know, I just wanted to give back to the community. And that was like one of my ways uh, I felt like at the moment that I can just show love to the fans, you know. Yeah. Fans out here are really passionate about this game, man, passionate about this team, the players, and, you know, and I want to, you know, give back in, you know, any way possible, even though that was just something so, so, so small. But, you know, I, I put smiles on the, on the people's face in the story, and, and that's all I could ask for. And so there it is, a love story, A.J. Brown and the Eagles fans. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to Peter Kelly for putting it all together so magnificently. Thanks to John Gnode and the Eagles media relations team, as well as Ray Doyle. We have a team here. It takes a village to put out a podcast. And of course, thanks to all of you for joining me each and every episode. If you have a moment to give us a little rating, we've got a link for you there in the details section of your podcast library. Those five-star reviews are seen here in Novacare land. Thanks so much for joining, everyone. Next week, Jalen Hurts, one-on-one. Really get to know number one. Really like this young guy, 23 years old. We'll find out more about him in the next episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!